mean, you've been putting in work for so long. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Putting in Work. I'm Jono Peck, and joining me for episode 13, I think, it's Elma Gordato. Elma is a young comedian out in Missouri, in the US. Uh, I recently did a podcast with him called Four Yanks, One Aussie. A shout out to NATO, my buddy over in Perth, who hooked that up. And Elma's another guy I've come across through the Kind of Funny community. And the reason I wanted to talk to Elma was because, as a young comedian, he's in a world that I know very little about from first or second-hand even experience. So talking to him about the huge step it is to get up in front of a crowd and tell jokes, to stand up there and say, you know, I think I'm funny in itself, that's, I reckon, a pretty ballsy thing to do. So I really just wanted to hear how Elmer got into that world and is uh, making his way through it uh, with gigs pretty much every second week from the sounds of it. And I think a lot of what Elmer has to say on this episode can be applied to any kind of creative pursuit, whether it's writing a book or music or just going out there and doing things that you want to do, but but maybe you're not sure how to do it or whether you can. So Elmer's a great case of someone that's just run with it. And I hope you like what he has to say. Here comes Elmer. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining me, Elmer. It's very good to have you all the way from Middle America. Middle America is right. I'm uh, here in uh, Missouri. We have you here for a very good reason today. You are mm, possibly the only comedian that I've ever spoken to. So how does that feel? I don't know if you just don't speak to many people or if... Uh... It's not... It's not. <laughs> It's not a very common occupation. I, I guess. Say. I mean, it's. I wouldn't consider it my full-time occupation by any stretch, but it's something I'm doing. Uh, I'm pursuing. And how long have you been doing it? Uh, God. Well, that's an interesting question because it depends, like, what avenue of comedy we're talking about. Because I've been doing stand-up maybe for a little over a year now. Sure. But I've been doing comedy writing in some way for maybe four or five so how does yeah. that work what were you doing before um well before at the one of the things i do is at the university of missouri i run the uh sketch team which yep. uh is think like snl we write sketches and perform them and direct them and put on showcases every every couple months and then before that um in secondary school i think it's for australians high school for yeah. americans yeah. uh i did uh Something kind of similar, but I would write a lot of for like our theater program and stuff like that. And I couldn't write anything that wasn't in some way at least trying to be funny. So, yeah, I failed all the parts where I had to write like tragedies and dramas because somehow like my tragedies ended up having weird twists always. And that's kind of when I discovered like I I like doing this. Sure. Writing something that's funny is one thing but getting up in front of an audience and i guess putting yourself out there as someone who you know thinks that they're funny (laughs) otherwise they wouldn't be doing this is a huge step so how did you get to the point where you're like i can do this this isn't beyond me i guess like context is important because i've been performing in some way or the other for maybe six years i um i've always been into music and so i was in in different choir and like band and, and uh, eventually started performing on my own, just doing covers and like, you know, original, like 
half i i can't write a song to save my life so i was mostly covers but i would write like a sad song every now and then after a breakup yeah right so i had like a good i would i I haven't been scared of like being on stage for you know a big uh, a big chunk of my life now but i will never forget the day i was like okay i think i'm gonna do stand-up um i went to the bar I, i i signed up and i was like this will be easy i'm very type a so i had it written out you know and, uh, I like word for word, like every swear word I was going to say was written out. There was, I left nothing <laughs> a chance and I, I go up there and for the first time, like in my entire like life, I felt like the air leave my body. Yeah. And like, I, I, I felt like nerves and jitters for like, it was such a weird feeling having been on stage in front of like larger crowds before. And then the moment I had to, I didn't have anything to hide behind, like. You know, for music, I always felt like I had my guitar to hide behind or like, you know, someone else's words where it's like a cover or something. But in stand up, for the most part, you have to say I, you know, you have to own up. If you like in a sketch, if I write a funny sketch about something, I can make up characters for it. But in stand up, you know, you you, usually people latch on to it because it's like usually a personal like storytelling type of thing. So got up there completely like blanked out i ended up doing my set which i wrote out meticulously in reverse <laughs> like i went i started with the last joke and ended with the first joke so it was really awkward was that um, a style choice or you just messed it up <laughs> no no i went up and i could not remember anything i wrote oh, man. like completely out of blank and and again this is not something that i was predicting so i think that also added to me completely blanking out when i got up there because i was I was like, ah, it's gonna be easy. I underplayed it by so much because, because I've, I've, you know, I've been in front of people before. But the way it worked is there was just a bar downtown, um, in Columbia, Missouri, where I currently live and study, um, and they have uh, an open mic every Tuesday, and I went a couple times, and I was like, I can do this again. You know how the story ends, so I, I start doing it, and, and definitely not a great, not a great first set. But did people laugh? People did laugh, which is which is why yeah. I, I came back because it's weird because the, the the funny thing about stand up is it's so much trial and error. You don't you could think you have the funniest thing, but then you say it and no yeah. one laughs. <laughs> or you say something that you think is so innocuous that you like blast through it and everyone laughs. So there's really like no you know, there's certain things that, you know, you start to understand like, oh people like this when or people don't like that but yeah i definitely got a couple laughs at the beginning and uh that definitely helped build up confidence and and you know kind of been addicted to it since okay. and i finally reached to a point I, I realized that maybe like a month ago where like i said i'm very type a so i would meticulously plan out my sets i ended up having less and less writing you know as i went on but i've recently reached a point where now i don't have to plan as much you know, I'll, I'll have a funny thought and I'm like, okay, I'll write the word or the keyword down on my like notepad on my phone and um, kind of use that as a launching off point and see if it works. But uh, yeah, definitely not, not doing my sets in reverse anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good to know. And is it something where there's a lot of trial and error and you're taking note of exactly what works and what doesn't work and rejigging it after every show? Or do you give yeah. something a couple of chances to hit or miss and then decide? That's a good question. Because, yeah, it definitely is more of the latter where where usually you just know if it works or it doesn't. But 
I think the more I've done it, I've also realized you have to gauge the crowd because the crowd can change it so much. There's there's one bar specifically, the one I started off at, which does it weekly. And that's probably the one I frequent the most because the crowd changes week to week. It, there's not really that many, uh, besides the performers themselves, there's not really much consistency with who's there. So that's a good place for me to just try out stuff. But if I know I'm going up and I my original plan was like, okay, I'm going to try new stuff tonight. But I see that it's like a really dead crowd or just a bunch of drunk people yelling over each other while people are performing. And, and then I have to kind of play it by ear and be like, okay, well, I can maybe save the new material for a different time. Or if I do it, understand that it's not going to be, you know, this is not the, the full litmus test because this is an audience that's really, you know, looking to, to sure. um, you know, be a good audience member. Yeah. They're not there to support you. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Do you have friends come out and like give them a give them a nudge to throw in a few fake laughs? <laughs> no. Well, the funny thing is that most of my friends are from some like from the creative communities I'm a part of. So like my sketch team or improv uh, people or uh, um some people from like my my film program at, at uni. So. Um, most of them, I don't have to nudge them. They, they understand that like, we all have our own creative things and we want honesty. You know, like if I read your paper and I'm not a fan, you would probably want me to tell you, you know, where you could improve. So, um, luckily I have friends that I, uh, they wouldn't even fake it for me if I asked them to. So (laughs) keeps me, keeps me very honest. Yeah. Very good. Are you playing or performing pretty much every weekend at this point? Or is that what you're aiming to do? Um, I would say closer to every other week. Sometimes I'll double up and do, you know, back-to-back weeks. I play it by ear. The good thing is that I've become a regular now, so I can just send a text and get a spot like that night or for cert- for other bars. For some bars, it's like an open traditional open mic where you just literally walk in, sign up, and if there's a spot, you got it. It's like first come, first serve. For other ones, they're more planned like showcases, and, and those are the ones I really like to do. And that's where I won't really experiment with new stuff. I'll I'll try to do stuff that works because that's a a fuller crowd. But sure. um, yeah, I would say maybe every other week now is what I'm trying. Okay. I aim to do. And how much of performance, or do you call it performing? What do you call it? Yeah, it's 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 performing. I mean, yeah. you're it's public speaking mixed with uh trying to entertain. Yeah. Okay. So how much of it is week to week trying to get better at it and improve for yourself so that you can be confident that you're a better comedian and how much of it is trying to build a name for yourself because I imagine that that's such a huge part of it. Like you can be the funniest guy in the world but if you are if you haven't got a name then you're not going to get anywhere and it works the opposite way. You can be unfunny but you've somehow built yourself up as a you know reputable personality and that will get people gigs as well. So it's definitely, I, I think it's definitely more the latter right now for me because luckily I am very young. Uh, so I, I have, I know I make you feel old, uh, John, but I just turned 20 a week ago. So yeah. Almost legal. Yeah. So I definitely hop back and forth between the two because it has been good to have a name, at least within our own like community in, in Colombia, because I, that allows me to get these bigger spots at, uh, you know, bigger venues or, 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 or bars, but 
the uh it's definitely more of the the latter where i'm i'm trying to build up the way i the way my brain looks at it is now that i don't really write out my sets as much i kind of go into it with a word bank you know like i have like let's say one word is name to me that means all right that's like a jokes i can do based on my name so what i'm trying to do now is increase that word bank so i can just have more and more content um and use it when I, you know, eventually go back home. Um, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California, and then we're both going up to San Francisco in June. So I'm going to try to find a bar or two out there that I can, um, get some spots. So it's definitely more of the, the just for me right now. I want to see how it works and, and, you know, who knows if I'll ever be doing it for like real money, you know, not just, uh, hey, you get an open tab or here's a, you just like, you know, a couple bucks. But yeah, I think the first, if, if I keep doing the first part, the second part will maybe one day become easier. That's cool. So what would you say is the hardest part of trying to do those things? I think it's, it's the, the fact as someone who's, who, like I said, has written for different voices. Um, like we also have a, a local, like Jimmy Fallon esque, uh, talk show we do here, uh, in Columbia. And I'm a writer for that. And that's obviously like a different voice because I'm writing in the voice of this, their host who's a female and it's in the vein of Jimmy Fallon where it's like more friendly and less like edgy material. Um, so the hardest thing I think about stand up is that you have to own up to everything you say, you know, you can make up stories and, and change names to protect the innocent all, all you want and can. But at the end of the day, like if your set feels like it could have come out of someone else's mouth. What's the point is my feeling, you know? So that's why I try to make it as intimate and as uh, personal and real as possible. And I think that's what becomes hard sometimes where like, I'll get a really like an idea that I think could work, but I'm like, I don't know how to work that out for me. Like, that's just not the voice I'm trying to build for myself or the, uh, the, uh, again, like I said, if it's sketch comedy, I could just, you know, Create a, write a character named Jonah and have him say all the stuff I don't want to say, you know? So it definitely, uh, it, it gets harder when you have to say I. Sure. sure. And I know it up to all of these dumb ideas. Yeah. I guess you want to keep it authentic as well because often you'll see a comedian telling stories that you're just sitting there going, this never happened. And that kind of, that hasn't happened to anyone ever. <laughs> yeah. No. I, and, and it's noticeable, right? Yeah. Like you as someone who isn't a performer, like doing comedy, you notice yeah. it. You know, and I think if you notice it, then other comedians are noticing it. So. Yeah, and there's some yeah, like it's sometimes it's it's the joke is that it never happened. Like I know Louis C.K. will uh-huh. sometimes do jokes he that did, just go yeah. way like surreal and crazy, and it's like okay, he's just being funny. But sometimes people are like, uh-huh. oh, I walked out, and this guy said, you know, like they're telling a an anecdote, yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. totally fake. Right, right. You mentioned Los Angeles. And I have to ask, most comedians would probably be moving to Los Angeles to pursue something like this, but you've done the opposite. And I know that wasn't the reason you moved to Missouri, but how much does your geographical location play into where you can take this kind of thing? So yeah, I moved out to Missouri, which is middle America from California, uh, to pursue um, uh, communication and film studies and journalism, which is what I'm studying at the University of Missouri. And as weird, as weird as it sounds, I think if I would have stayed in Los Angeles, I would have never discovered this, you know, new like passion that like now I can't imagine, you know, existing without, you know, this avenue of creative expression. So 
I think, again, just everything happens for a reason, and, and luckily it all worked out. And now, no matter where I go after, I can take this with me and, and you know, try to try to pursue it elsewhere. But it, it's, it's remarkable how, um, like, just to gush about Columbia, Missouri for a little bit, it's a college town, so obviously that's why it exists, because, every, like, most of the business and, um, like, residential living, like, feeds off of the economy of the university and, like, how, you know, it's 30-something thousand, so you got a lot of people to, yeah, that's that's why there's so many, like, bars and restaurants and things like that that, you know, can easily succeed around it. Um, But I think the fact that it's so many young people in one spot, there's so many businesses that just in, have these weird, like, outlets for art. You know, we have um these little, like, independent movie theaters where I can see all, like, the indie, I'm huge, like, you know, into film, so... It's really good to be able to see all these like indie films that don't play at big theaters. We have all these art galleries and and just all this weird stuff. So weirdly enough, like Columbia totally welcomes all the the artsy people. We have so many bands, like local bands and and venues that invite big bands that come. You know, they come to St. Louis and Kansas City, which are the big the two biggest cities in Missouri, and those have like obviously like baseball teams and stuff. That's why people know who they are. But then Columbia is like usually on the list too because of how many people live here because of the university. So I've been really fortunate in how, you know, I just took a leap and came to Missouri without really knowing what I was in for. And the community has just been nothing but but awesome. And, and I don't know if I would have fallen in love with comedy um, in the same way if I was still in Los Angeles because it's a lot less intimate. So I think it would have, I would have been more insecure on getting on stage and and it's just in general los angeles has more of a shallow vibe so it's a it's a whole thing so i'm super thankful that now i'm confident enough to go elsewhere and and kind of see what i can do there so have you done shows in in los angeles when you've gone home i have i've done a couple every time i go home i try to do some stuff and how does that go and yeah i don't know It, it goes well again because i think now i have the confidence that I know what works and what doesn't. And, and I think I found my voice. I, I, you know, I do a lot of, uh, we've, you've been on, on my show for Yanks So you, you know, like the, the, the kind of humor we kind of do there where it's very, uh, like self deprecating yeah. and just stuff like that. So yeah, I do, I do a lot of like deadpan stuff. And, and I think now that I found my voice, it's become so much easier to just go out and kind of sign up anywhere. It's cool. Very cool. And does having friends that are trying to do similar thing, whether it's for Yanks, One Aussie, or the community that you're in there, do you find that people like that help develop your either timing or sense of humor in any way? Oh, 100%. I mean, as a formal journalist, like, you know, like, there's a certain, like, just rhythm and cadence you get by interviewing so many people or certain sentence structure that, you know, just works that you can just, you know, write a piece out so fast, so easily, you know, you know, like, you know, like almost like in a math way, yeah, it's like a formula, what plus what is going to make a, yeah, the formula. So getting to do four Yanks Wanasi, for example, is like awesome because it's just us talking. And then there's so many bits that I do on stage that have come out of that show. And so many bits that have just naturally happened on stage that I'll then bring to the table when we're podcasting and, you know, we'll, we'll have a laugh or two and, and it goes the same for like my sketch comedy team and all these other things. It, it really like I don't see how anything could work without the other, honestly. So, sure. 
I just, I, I don't, I, I wish I had a better no, answer, good. but it just, I think it, everything just happens. Sure. And I mean, usually I try to interview people who've reached some certain level of success so that they have something to share. But I think just the fact that you are a comedian and doing it week to week is a level that a lot of people might aspire to do because that's where that's, it's such a huge step from there. Well, from from nothing to that is a huge step, and then from where you are to the next level is another again. But I want to know what your advice is to people who want to at least get to where you are. Yeah, so what I always tell everyone is just do it, which is like lame advice. Nike. But I remember keep I kept saying like, oh, I'm going to do it next week, I'm going to do it next week. And then I finally signed up like in advance. I was like, I'm doing it April whatever, you know, April 28th, whatever. That's when I'm doing it. And then I had a deadline, you know, and, and maybe it's like the, the journalist kid inside me that's like works better on a deadline, but it, uh, it definitely put the pressure and, and gave me something to, to look forward to and to work towards. And then in regards to actually getting on stage, it's just knowing that you're going to suck. Yeah. Like you're, you're not going to get on a bike the first time and nail it. You know, so you're not going to get on stage the first time and nail it. And it, and it definitely helps to have people around you who you feel comfortable with, you know, some people, for some people that's like having no one there, you know, like no one I know should see me perform (laughs) until I feel comfortable, which if that's what you want to do, do it. And if you feel like you need your friends there, then, you know, do that too. Again, at the end of the day, it's, it's doing what, doing what's right for you. You know, there's no formula necessarily to the to just getting it right but just be and, and, and just be honest you know with um with what you're saying you, you're not fooling anyone if you're just saying something that really happened to you it's probably gonna be funnier than something that just yeah. didn't happen to anyone <laughs> and is, is that level of confidence or whatever however you want to describe it more important than actually being funny because sometimes you, you can't really help how funny or not funny you are but you might have a desire yeah. to do this. So where does that weigh into it? Is it just a natural thing you have to, to have? Yeah, that's, a, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, a lot of, I, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of interviews on YouTube of, or, or podcasts of very much like what you do here, where it's like people interviewing other creative people. And I feel like this conversation always comes up where it's like, is it something that people just have, you know, like perform, like the performer inside you? And I'm a firm believer that it's not just because I definitely didn't have it ever. And then one day I just decided I wanted to have it and I made it happen. You know, I still remember the first time I ever performed in front of people, I was singing a song. It was like for eighth grade talent show or something. I must have been like 12. Never done it before in my life. And then I just did it. I made sure my mom recorded me, watched back, and I was like, <laughs> I that's awful. I hate that. That's not good. <laughs> and I think that's where the honesty comes in play. Like you also have to be honest with yourself and me being able to recognize that I was awful was what pushed me to want to be better. So in the same vein, I think, yeah, the confidence comes, the confidence is important. Um, and like having the, like just being funny is also like helpful. I think some people are just naturally better at it, but I would never consider myself someone who was always funny or someone who is even funny just naturally. You know, I, I definitely put time and work into trying to understand what 
is funny. And like, how do you become a better writer? You don't become a better writer by writing more. Because if you write terribly and write more, you're just going to continue to write terribly, right? But yeah. you become a better writer by reading good writing. And that's, yeah. I think, how I became a better comedian by, by exploring all these different avenues of comedy. I, I mean, I remember watching SNL throughout, um, high school and then coming to Mizzou and just going to as many improv shows as I could, uh, open mics where like I wasn't performing yet, uh, hanging out with the sketch team and doing other, other things and like being able, being very cognizant of that worked, that didn't work. Why did that work? Why didn't that work? So, that's why I, I just I just don't believe that it's something that's natural. I do think some people will have it easier, but if you want it, just study it. It's 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 like anything else, and I hate that like, you know, it it is uh it's one of those things that can sometimes feel like work or like school, but again, it's like the payoff is so good when you make someone laugh and you know it's because of you, then like it all just comes together. Yeah. So sure. yeah, my my biggest advice is just get as much exposure to it as you can before you even do it, um, and then just do it, and be honest with yourself to. and realize what works and what doesn't work, and take note and adjust and adapt and know that you know you're it's not, you're not always gonna win and you're not always gonna get make people laugh, but uh, the when you do it be it's worth it. Sure. Yeah, I think self-awareness is really important with anything that you try to do well. Like a, a two-year-old can paint a picture and give it to his mum and say, I drew a picture of you and <laughs> not realize that it's terrible because right, right. they're a two-year-old. <laughs> but when you can do something and identify that it's not good, then that is the first step to knowing, okay, how do I make it better? And right. that applies to writing, music, anything. Exactly. Very good. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> so the last question for you, Elmer, uh-huh. and it's the question that I ask everybody: If you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Oh man, I think I would. It's a tough question. Yeah, let's say like just being persistent at making. Oh, this is so vague, so you're gonna hate it, but making <laughs> the right decision. And I'm gonna give you like a couple examples. So like, you wake up in the morning. And you know, I should probably go for a jog right now. And I should probably have a healthy breakfast. But instead, you know, you just have a cup of coffee and you just stumble out and into the world and like deal with everything as it goes. You know, where, so if I could be persistent to not fail at, at making the easy right choices, you know, where it's like, sometimes it's like, I should definitely go to bed now, but there's 10 more shrines in the Legend of Zelda I can do. Um, Sure. So yeah. So you really just you just want self basic self control is what basic self control ultimate is what goal I mean. in life is yeah nailed it nailed it that's good <laughs> aim low and you'll succeed that's one of my sayings oh man that's a good one <laughs> thanks for chatting Elmer it's always good thank you for having me appreciate right. it you're my third American guest so you get third the bronze American. yeah who, the first, who are the other t- who are the other two? Uh a guy called Greg Miller and a guy called Tim Geddes. So Oh wow, I'm on a short list. You're on a short list of of <laughs> very qualified people to talk about creative oh, things. Man. All right. Well, thank you for having me, Jono, and I sincerely cannot wait to uh just see you in person in a couple weeks now. Yeah. So, if we do a show in San Francisco, I will be in the crowd laughing like Kramer when Jerry's trying to tank on Seinfeld. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. 
thank you for listening. That was Elmer Gordado. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmer Does. And you can check out the Four Yanks One Aussie podcast on iTunes as well. And while you're there, hit me with a five star rating. Why not? As always, you can catch me on Twitter at Jonah himself. Until next week, keep putting in work. <laughs>